Have you ever cannonballed into the pool? Whoa! When your body hits the water, you make an explosive splash. Anyone nearby? Get soaked. In fact, the force of your impact sends ripples in every direction until they fill the whole pool. When you make waves, you change things. And that's not just true inside the pool. You can make waves everywhere you go instead of a wild jump. You change things with your attitude, with the way you respond to tough situations. You make waves when you invite the kid everyone thinks is different to your birthday party. And when you choose to cheer for your teammates from the bench, even with a sprained ankle. Goal! You make waves when you help two squabbling friends remember the things they love about each other. And when you take a deep breath and smile as your little brother asks you to play the happy little train game for the 24th time. Come on! It's not always easy to choose love, joy, peace, and patience. But with the power of God's spirit, you can dive in and make waves. God's love inside you can change the world around you. And others will see God at work in you. That's why making waves is an amazing way to worship God with your life. Because worship is about more than just singing loud. It's all about living loud. Ah! Hey there, everybody. My name is Haley. And I don't know about you, but I am so ready for this season. What's your favorite thing to do over the summer? Is it going to the beach? Sandcastles and ocean waves. Radical, dude. Or maybe you prefer water skiing on the lake. How about some white water rafting? water-related activities to choose from, which is a good thing because all summer long, we're going to be learning how to make waves because what you do today can change the world around you. When you make waves, that means you make an impact. See the boat in the water? It's not really moving, is it? But watch what happens when I make a wave. You see that impact? We can make waves too. But our waves aren't made with water. Our waves are made by showing things like joy, patience, or peace. And in today's story, we'll learn a good reason why we should make a big wave of love that will impact the world around us. Here comes a big one. Woo-hoo, dude. I'll see you soon. The Bible, it's 66 books of history stories, letters, and poetry that fit together to form God's one big story. The epic adventure of how he created us and loves us so much that he made a way to rescue us. As we travel through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, we discover people who met God and found their lives changed forever. Now, for an amazing story, inspired by the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verses 9 through 13. In the beginning, there was nothing. Nothing but God. But God's heart was overflowing with love. 
So God poured it out in a mind-blowing wave of creation. Glorious light, rolling waters, arching sky, furling plants, swooping birds, creeping and racing and climbing animals. Then God reached into the dirt and shaped something brand new, a person. God formed the very first man and breathed life into him. Oh, hello. I feel like I need a something, a name. That's it. God shaped the very first woman, too. You can call me Eve. I'm Adam. People were created in God's very own image to reflect God's love to the whole world. But God also created people free to make their own choices. Adam and Eve chose to break the one law God made to keep them safe. They shattered their perfect friendship with God. Sin and brokenness entered the world. Family members turned against each other. It's not fair. Leave me alone. Fear and anger and pain crept in. But God didn't walk away. God's love was bigger than anything else. He already had a plan to bring people back into relationship, to make things right again. And he started by calling one person, Abraham. Abram. Yes, Lord? Go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. All nations on earth will be blessed because of you. Yes, Lord. Though Abraham and his wife Sarah were very old, they had no children, but they followed God for 20 years into the unknown. And at last, God gave them a miraculous child. Isaac. God has given laughter to me. Through that one child, Isaac, God's love spread out like a wave, forming an entire nation, the tribes of Israel. The Israelites blew hot and cold. Sometimes they would follow God with all their hearts and oftentimes they would forget. Still filled with deep love, God sent them leaders like Moses. God says, let my people go. And David. The Lord is my shepherd. He gives me everything I need. God made waves through women like Esther and Ruth. Where you go, I'll go. Over and over, God's people promised to obey. And over and over, they turned away. At last, God allowed them to be taken into captivity. But even here, God never left them. God sent prophets to speak words of truth, prophets who hinted at a rescuer who would come to save God's people once and for all so they'd never have to be apart from God again. Malachi wrote, Bethlehem Ephrathah, out of you will come for me a ruler over Israel. Zechariah proclaimed, City of Zion, be full of joy. See, your king comes to you. He always does what is right. He has won the victory. Isaiah promised, The people who are now living in darkness will see a great light. A child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. He will rule over us. His rule will be based on what is fair and right. It will last forever. The Lord's great love will make sure that happens. But following the prophets for hundreds of years, no word from God was recorded. It seemed as if God's love was silent, but the real wave was coming. At exactly the right moment in time, God sent Jesus. 
God's very own son was born as a baby to an ordinary girl in an ordinary town. Angels declared the news. May glory be given to God in the highest heaven, and may peace be given to those he is pleased with on earth. Jesus gave the world a picture of what God looks like. He showed what it truly means to love God and to love others. And then he gave up his own life for the sake of his friends, his enemies, for us. Jesus took all our brokenness on himself, and he died. But God's love can never be stopped. God created the greatest wave of all when he raised Jesus back to life. In Jesus, every wrong thing is made right. Every broken piece is made whole. God's love through Jesus comes out in a wave that's not just for a single group of people or any one specific time. God's love floods the earth for all people, for all time. John, one of Jesus' closest followers, wrote about it like this. Here's how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world. He sent him so we could receive life through him. Here's what love is. It's not that we loved God. It is that he loved us and sent his son to give his life to pay for our sins. Oh, dear friends, since God loved us this much, we should also love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. His love is made complete in us. Here's how we know that we are joined to him and he to us. He has given us his Holy Spirit. God's love is flowing all around us right now. And through the power of God's Spirit, we too can spread that bottomless love to the world around us. are getting a really solid foundation for their faith, one that carries over for us. And so don't fret, I don't have a whole sermon because after creation to Jesus and the resurrection, there's, there's not a lot left to say, right? <laughs> Except that there is. I love that Haley reminded us in the beginning how our love impacts the world around us and how that love is supposed to flow through us. And I don't know about you, but for me, Sometimes it doesn't feel like my love is invading the world. Sometimes I feel like the toddler standing on the sand, looking at the waves coming crashing in, and I feel a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit like maybe the world isn't listening or the world isn't receiving. And I have to tell you that as John wrote this letter, he was writing to people who felt a lot the same way. The Apostle John wrote this letter late in his life. He wrote it in late 80 or early 90 AD. He was a, well, I would say an old man, but now that I'm getting older, I like to say he was sage or he was seasoned, <laughs> but he was an old man. <laughs> and he's writing probably to the church in Ephesus because that's where he lived in the later portion of his life. But whatever people group he's writing to, he's writing to a people who are discouraged because there are false teachings that have crept into the church and it's dividing the church and people are leaving the church because once again, those pesky people called the Gnostics have gotten in and they're teaching that they have a higher knowledge, that they've ascended to a, a greater intellect. And in their intellect, they are teaching that Jesus never walked the earth. 
Jesus wasn't the Messiah and God never put on flesh. They're trying to teach people that through their higher intellect, they can approach God and they don't need Jesus. They're also teaching that morality and love don't have anything to do with your relationship with God. And so John is writing to encourage his church, to encourage the church to say, no, we, let me set the record straight. And in 1 John, we see that he covers, right, he just covers the basics to set that record straight. First, that God is love, that Jesus is the Messiah, Son of God, who came to save the world. To, he put on flesh to invite us into an adoption in God's family and an eternal life with him. And that in Jesus, we are not called to sin, but we are called to love. And finally, John teaches that we have the Holy Spirit to help us both receive God's love and share God's love. Because love shouldn't just stay with us, but it should indeed impact the world. And I know, at least for me, like I said, little kid looking at the big waves, that can feel and seem overwhelming. The good news for us is that God does not ask us to generate that love all on our own. Because can I tell you that would be overwhelming? If I had to love somebody that was difficult to love or I had to love somebody that I normally love but it's just a really bad day, all on my own, that would be hard. Some days it would be impossible. But that's not how it is. John Robert, would you come up here and help me one more time? Because we don't have to generate our own love. Get your Bible. John Roberts going to read to you 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8. Dear friend, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves uh, has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is loved. Amen. Good job, John Robert. Thank you. By the way, John Robert asked me today if he could read a verse to you all. That wasn't in the program, and he wanted to share the word. So I love how his parents are raising him up and how Bridge Kids is helping develop him alongside with his parents. So John Robert read to us that the love doesn't have to come from us because the love comes from God, it says in verse 7. Let us love one another, for love comes from God, not from our reserves. Praise God. John went on to say, if you love, you know God. But if you don't love, you don't know God. And so the question I have for us today, based on that truth, the people around us, the people in our circles, the people who observe us and are in relationship with us, based on our actions, based on, the act, based on my actions, would my neighbors know that I know God? Would they say that I know God? Would they know for sure? Like, do my actions demonstrate love that says I know God? Or would they say, hmm, yeah, I don't know who you know, but God's not it. But maybe it's just me. 
Church, listen, when we choose to walk in God's love for us and others, it flows out of us and it changes the world around us. It changes the world around us because it invites others into relationship. It invites others into Jesus. There is not a law or an element of legalism that invites someone to know Jesus, that pushes them away. Love is an invitation. And so one of the other things that Haley said and, and the, um, the, uh, the other teacher said was that when we make some choices, it pushes us away from God. When we make some not so good choices, when we choose sin or when we choose to rebel against God, then it takes us out of God's presence. But I have to tell us, it doesn't just take us out of God's presence. When we make wrong choices, it's like a riptide. It pulls us away, but it also sucks in the people around us and pulls them away from God's love. And so accountability check, how are we doing? How are we doing at love and well? How are we doing at choices that invite people into God's love instead of pulling them away from it? Jesus invited us to love God, love our friends, love our enemies. So as Jesus taught us and commanded us, how are we doing at loving our friends? Let's start there, because that's a little easier, right? Right? Oh, it's really quiet. Online family, how are you doing this morning? Because in the house, they all got quiet. John Robert, I think you need to come up and do the rest of this. What do you think? No, maybe later. Okay. So how are we doing at loving our friends? How are we doing at demonstrating fruits of the Spirit to our friends? Maybe not even all the fruits of the Spirit. Why don't we just focus on what our bridge kids are focusing on this week? How are we doing at demonstrating love, peace, patience, and joy? What could you do this week in your friend circles to demonstrate love, peace, patience, and joy? So our friends... Patience could be a little hard with friends sometimes, and they would say the same of us, but let's go to our enemies. How are we doing at loving our enemies? The people that don't like us are the people we don't like. You say, Pastor Jen, we're in church. We don't have enemies. I read some of y'all's feeds. How are we doing at loving our enemies? Are we seeing the conflict or the disagreement are we seeing what we don't like about them, or are we working and striving to see people with compassion as all humans are created in the image of God? And what can we do this week? Because Jesus saw the lost, Jesus saw the sinners, Jesus saw the people who were mad at him, like all the categories get covered in enemies, right? It's, it's the people who believe like us, but we got in an argument with, it's the people who don't believe like us, but you know what? Jesus had compassion on all of them. And so how are we doing at compassion? And what could we do this week to love our enemies? How are we doing at loving each other? Our kids, our parents, our siblings, our spouse, our neighbors, the people in our circle that observe us and interact with us every day. How are we doing at loving them? And what could we do this week? Something small, something big, 
but what could we do this week to demonstrate love to them? Because how we love others matters, not just for us, but it matters for them. Would you read verses 11 and 12 of 1 John chapter 4 with me? Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Nobody sees God, but they have the opportunity to see God through us. Our lives, our actions bear testimony. And I know that that can be hard sometimes, and some days it's harder than other days. If you didn't know, today is Pentecost. It's the day we celebrate and commemorate when the Holy Spirit came to dwell within us so that the power, the love of God and the church could spread throughout the world, the good news of the gospel. And even today, as I challenge us, as I challenge you and as I challenge me to love my friends, my neighbors, my enemies, to love God, I want to remind us that we don't do it by ourselves. We do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. This passage goes on to say, and we have seen an... Let me back up to verse 13. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. God's love testifies to the world around us when we let it flow through us. So church, we have a choice. We have a choice for our whole lives, but let's break it down. Let's just take it to today and maybe mm, let's not leave it on Sunday because that's pretty easy. Let's take it into Monday because traffic's picked up, (laughs) y'all. Let's take it into Tuesday because we're tired from Monday's traffic or Wednesday when we're trying to get to bridge builders groups or get the kids or man, field day is coming. And you know what, how cranky kids are when they have spent five hours out in the hot sun playing and having all that fun? (laughs) This week, will we make choices that demonstrate God's love, or will we make choices that not only pull us away from God, but like that riptide, they drag others away with us? Our choice this week, maybe, our choice this week is what waves will we make? John Robert and Annabelle, will they make good waves as, bro- as brother and sister? I'll let, her, I'll let parents answer that one later. How about we look at us? What choices will we make? Would you watch the rest of the lesson with me? So here's the good news. God loves you. God loved you enough to send Jesus to the world. And you don't have to do anything to earn that love. In fact, Jesus showed how great his love was by giving his life for your sins. And when you believe in Jesus, not only do you have a relationship with God that lasts forever, but God gives you the Holy Spirit to help you through life. If God loves you that much, you can make waves by showing love to others. Think of it this way. This 
is God. God pours his love into you. Then you can take that love and pour it into other people. John wrote, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. Maybe that means that other people can see God through us when we show them love. But love doesn't have to be a tidal wave. Something that seems small can have a huge impact. You can love someone by helping them without being asked. You can love someone by giving up your turn. Sometimes all you have to do to show love is just spend time with someone. When you choose to love people the way God loves you, you can make waves. And you may not see it, but you can bet that love will spread from you to other people to even more people. So here's the one thing to remember today. Love others because God loves you. You could change the world one person at a time. <sighs> Why am I so thirsty right now? <laughs>